Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Living by the Word Ministries. Presentation of the Bible Information Brokers with the whole team here. Eric is ready to receive your phone call. Call him at 888-995-5552, 888 With PCH Professor Craig Hawkins, Brian Allen, myself, Daryl, EZD Fulton. We're ready to receive your phone calls, get your questions, and we want to give you a biblical response. So that's what the format is. Participate. Yeah. Um, you know, Daryl, before we... We were, we were dealing with Todd's questions, and, and you made the remark about, um, you know, certain words aren't specific in the Bible, like uh, in, in... Bible. For, <laughs> well, in the Bible. Well, I, I think a, one of the main ones would be Trinity. Mm-hmm. Trinity is not in the... The no. word Trinity is no. not in the Bible. But what a super concept. But, the, but yeah. the concept of the Trinity is there. Uh, you're not going to find the word abortion in the Bible, but you're going to have... Uh, the Bible talking about not murdering, okay? And so that's, uh, that's, that's the way I, I look at that issue. You know, uh, I'm going to say this about that because you use the word murder. When is the last time you actually heard on any media source, any media source, you don't. on a consistent level that they call abortion murder? Because when you do that, I mean, again, we, like, like I said, people that listen— Craig talked about the women that may have had an abortion, how the Lord can forgive that. It's not the unpardonable sin. But also the men that were dealing with abortions, if they encouraged someone, if they participated in one, if they paid for one or many. Listen, the same God that dealt with every other sin in the world deals with that sin as well. And I'm calling it sin because what we don't do enough it's called a spade a spade, if I can use that expression, which is to call it like it is, like a referee. And you can relate to referees, can't you, Brian? I was a good one. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, folks. I'll be right back. Uh, call it like you see it. A good referee will call it like he sees it or she sees it. And so that's what we're trying to do when we're dealing with these issues. Ahead, well, yeah, and, and Daryl, um, you being a former uh, officer of the law, if, uh, if someone came into your house or came into my house and threatened my family, and I shot them, or if we had armed services to go over to another country and and uh, kill someone, uh, is killing someone the same as murdering somebody? No, indeed, and that's the the, the thing. Even though the, the Bible does talk about in certain versions, thou should not kill. The concept and the understanding of that word "kill" in PCH, you know, you know, me and my Greek is a little bit slow right now, but that, uh, even Hebrew, the uh, that "kill" is not killing, like we talk about killing a cockroach versus killing a baby versus killing a human being versus killing the baby. And I, I always use this example, and if it sounds crude, I somewhat apologize, but not really, because we need to deal with things straight up. Imagine a law that uh, no, there's no law in the books that people will kill and eat their third child just for giggles. And nothing is going to be dealt with that. That's wrong from all ages before and all ages now and all ages to come. There are certain moral things that are wrong that's predicated upon, a.k.a., thus saith the Lord. And that's what we're dealing with. PCH? Yeah, well, once again, we've got a lot of on the table. I want to go back to Todd's particular points. I, I don't... I. I I am a professor, and I, I don't like too much on the table. I want to deal with the point of the gotcha, time and gotcha. move on. So let's go back to some things. So first of all, and again, this is I'm not attacking him. I'm just responding and I'm trying to just be point by point to what Todd said. Again, I've already addressed, I think, most of the points he, he said. 
I was having trouble with reception at one point, so I couldn't hear what he was saying. So you guys refresh me there. The first part of that. But he said he went and talked to his pastor, and his pastor couldn't show him. Well, I'm sorry, who's your pastor? What's his level of education? Does he read Greek and Hebrew? Is he? Uh, I train pastors. That doesn't mean anything to me. It's not if your pastor couldn't find it. Is it in the Bible? What is the church's view? Now, I want to back up what Brian said. I am going to deal with the passage out of Exodus. And Brian's right. By the way, the Old Testament there, of course, Hebrew. And yes, there is, by the way, a difference. There's three major words used. Uh, here's the distinction. In Exodus 20, for example, in the Ten Commandments, it's actually thou shalt not murder. It's not thou shalt not kill. Rosh, the word used there is really of murder. Murder is unjustified, the killing of a human being. The biblical view, agree with it or not, in the Old Testament, that there were grounds, times where, for example, self-defense. Let's say, not just myself, but I'm in a parking lot, I see some little old lady, and someone's trying to mug her, uh, what have you, and they're about to inflict grave violence injury or, or have already started or even kill her, I intervene and in the process that person it, it dies or is severely injured. They don't go to me, well, we're going to let you off today, Hawkins, but don't do it again. I have a right of self-defense, and it could be myself or others, or a pit bull goes after my child and I shoot the dog. You don't go, well, you can't do that. Uh, no, it's it's allowable under the law, and I would argue morally. As, so, what's what, so that's what we need to look at: the difference between murder and killing. I want to be careful using the word murder here, but but the other issue is what what is the church's view? So maybe Todd's pastor, okay, he doesn't know where it is. Well, let me help him out. Okay, so. First of all, there's three three books. One's really just a booklet. I already mentioned it. I didn't have it handy. I wasn't quoting from it. But it's the name of the booklet. I'll call it a booklet because it's not very big. It's called Abortion, the Bible, and the Christian. Abortion, the Bible, and the Christian. And it deals with passages that deal with the concept of abortion. Not the word, because the word isn't used, as Brian said. Neither is the word Trinity. Neither is the word Bible. Neither is the word denomination. or all kinds of terms we use, but the concepts are. So it's Donald Shoemaker, Donald Shoemaker, Abortion, the Bible, and the Christian. John Work Montgomery, a a writer, theologian, lawyer, whatnot, he has a great book called Slaughter of the Innocents. Now, it's a graphic title, and if anybody knows Montgomery, he's pretty seasoned. He has three own doctorates. That's not why I'm saying he's right, but he's pretty measured. But he has a book called Slaughter of the Innocents, dealing with biblical arguments against abortion, okay? And let me just say this. Yeah, the church, I would argue, is messed up today. In fact, there's a book called Secular Faith. In the book Secular Faith, the author offers documentation that, frankly, bluntly, across the board, generally speaking, the church is far more influenced by the world than we are influencing the world. Mm. Check out the book Secular Faith. It's published this last year or so. And he makes his point. So where the Christians have raised their voice or not to this, that's not the issue. If you look at the, if you look at the early church, almost, if not universally, I'll say almost universally, I'm not aware of any exceptions, but I need to be careful. I didn't check every early individual Christian. But there's a book by Michael Gorman, G-O-R-M-A-N, Michael Gorman, called Abortion and the Early Church. And he shows early on the church was, in fact, they would set people out to die who they thought were going to die, and the church would come along and pick them up and try to take care of them whether it be what we call hospice now, palliative care, or otherwise, they take care of them. Same with babies. 
babies that were left out to die, that were left out to the main way they practiced abortion, was to infanticide, was, again, putting the baby out in the wild to let animals kill it or, or just to die by, of course, lack of attention or, you know, from extreme temperatures, hot or cold, what have you. Um, so the early church has no qualms about this. And also, lastly, on this point, our Jewish friends, they believe that the, the fetus was indeed a human being. And the early church, the point is, picked up that view from them, arguing out of the New Testament, and uh, if not universally, uh, substantially argued across the board that it is a human and that abortion as such is wrong. Now, and let me just say this. So Montgomery, Gorman, and uh, Shoemaker all make the arguments from the Bible based upon biblical text and biblical principles about why abortion is wrong. But but even someone says, well, look, I, I, I can't find these books. I'm not going to track them down. Well, go go to something like Bible Study Tools. Go to Bible Study Tools, an online you know, site, and they have articles, information, word studies dealing with abortion. So there's plenty of data. Even if Todd's pastor doesn't know this, can't find this, is not aware of it, well, I just gave him a bunch of sources. Um, so go to Bible study tools, and there's many others like that, that that do just that and deal with key texts. But one I would deal with just quickly, and again, the word abortion is not used, but here's the concept, here's the idea, and here's the view that the Bible treats the unborn child as human because someone who causes the death of an unborn child would be the same penalty as someone who caused the death of a fully grown adult. One more time. The word fetus, of course, is not used. The word abortion is not used. But the concept is that the penalty for causing a miscarriage or the death of a fetus or a baby in utero is the same as if you actually killed an adult. An example of that is Exodus 21, for example. It tells us, for instance, if men who are fighting hit a pregnant woman, this is verse 22 of Exodus 21, if they hit a pregnant woman and she gives birth prematurely, but there is no serious injury. Well, there's some type of injury, but it's not serious. We'll define that in just a moment. The context tells us what that is. So in other words, it's serious enough to cause her to have a, uh, you know, a, a, a premature yeah. birth, right? Um, but at any rate, and she gives birth prematurely, but there is no serious injury. The offender must be fined whatever the woman's husband demands and the court allows. But if there is serious injury, you ought to take life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, and hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, da, 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 da. In other words, if the baby lies to part, it's now considered a capital offense. Now, this isn't, by the way, I just need to say this. This isn't vigilantism. Uh, you, you hurt me, so I'm going to hurt you. This is what's called lex talionis from the Latin. Lex talionis is that the punishment should fit the crime. The punishment should fit the crime. So if somebody steals a loaf of bread because they're starving and their family's starving, we don't want people stealing, but I'm not going to put them in jail for even a month or, you know, six months or ten years or whatever or cut their hand off or something for stealing a loaf of bread when they're starving. But Lex Talionis, the principle in which the Church actually cites and references on this is that the punishment must fit the crime. In other words, it's a capital offense. If the, if the baby dies, then the human being's in big trouble because because the baby was considered a human. So that's the principle, that's the reason. Otherwise, this passage makes no sense. 
because it talks about the premature birth, but the serious injury is, is literally some type of actual um, now damage to the child, even when it's born, but now it has some birth defect because of something that happened to it in utero, or that it dies. So there's the biblical principle, one passage for time's sake of many, but one last time, please go to a site like Bible Study Tools. It's not the only one, one of many. Bible Study Tools, and they have major articles and positions biblically on the abortion uh, from the Bible on this. Slaughter of the Innocents by John Warwick Montgomery, Slaughter of the Innocents. The Abortion, the Bible, and the Christian by Donald Shoemaker. I've got I've got a hundred football books. So look, I'm only just citing a few of them that deal with this. Even if Todd's pastor can't find it, doesn't know about it. And and Slaughter of the Innocents and then the early church's view, which they had no tolerance for this. They believed it was wrong. They would go and pick up the babies and take care of them. They started what we would call the orphanage movement. Michael Gorman, G-O-R-M-A-N abortion in the early church. There's a handful of resources that makes the biblical argument why we do not support abortion. And the biblical view is we would argue there is a God, and God says that that fetus, that is is indeed a baby in utero, it is a human. It's not a potential human, it is a human with potential. So, uh, Chris, Craig, I want to be clear with this, and so one quick uh, comment uh, before, or one question I have about anything that we may say on the air or anyone that may be talking to their friends, family, or, you know, even enemies, and you have a, a discussion about something, and someone misspoke or said something that isn't it much more important to get the context of what they meant, even if they said something like someone that said that Brian said the word or said that abortion is in the Bible, as opposed to, like we just explained, the concept I think I would like to believe that the most intelligent people, people who want to have a fair discussion about any subject matter, would want to know what is the meaning of what you said, as opposed to some maybe words you got, you know, by saying something one way. Right. I mean, I mean, I mean yeah, I would never, knowing the word abortion is never in, is not in the Bible. Yeah. I mean, I, right. so, I, I know that. So, so right. that's what we're talking about. And we're not defending ourselves, God. No. I just want to get the clear idea that in well, any conversation you have, Make sure that if someone says something, give another human being the benefit of the doubt and say, hey, you know what, did you, did you say this? Did you mean this? What do you really mean? And then go from there. Right. But, but let me just say this. So assuming Brian said that, then yeah, and there's nothing wrong with defending yourself if you're simply putting it out what he, what he meant to say or what he was right. saying. There's a fallacy. I teach logic. I teach it to, to, to lawyers and whatnot. I've done it for a but over 30 years, and that's my background from philosophy, and I have degrees in theology and other stuff as well. So I have formal education in these areas. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but people, well, why can you speak on this? Well, because I do this for a living. Um, but let me just say, say this, is that there's a fallacy called trivial objection. So let's say I, I refer to something and I mispronounce it or I misspell the word, and you go, well, clearly you don't know what you're talking about because you didn't even pronounce it correctly. Or you said you said Jim Shoemaker and it's Donald. So you, you obviously don't know what you're talking about. That's a trivial objection. You go, oh, I'm sorry. Let me correct the author. Let me correct the word. Let me correct the title and give you the substance of the argument. So, yeah, you want to deal with the substantive aspects of an argument, not some something, frankly, superficial to the issue. 
And so you see this all the time, and the people, and I'm just speaking in general, they don't know argumentation, so somebody says something. Now, they may say, I don't know, it's not there, I can't find it, but it may be, well, you obviously don't know what you're talking about. It'd be like saying, for example, you call you for somebody involved in Freemasonry, and you just say masonry. Yeah. Well, a mason worker, of course, is generally a construction is a construction worker, right? But but it's technically Freemasonry. But that doesn't you could be a slip. That doesn't mean what you say about it is not true. So we don't want to commit fallacies of trivial objection. That is the idea is that even if the person got that part wrong, it has no substantive bearing on their argument. It's not what we call uh, a material fact. One that is essential to the case or the argument, the material principle, as opposed to what's called the formal principle in argumentation. Anyways, you know, yeah, yeah, indeed. I mean, I, my bottom line is for me is that I work extremely hard because if that was the case, I should be I should have been off radio a long time ago, all the slips I've made. But at the same time, I work very hard at wanting to understand a person. I don't want a person to be wrong. I want us all to be right on the subject and right in this respect. Just like that constitution was, uh, that's constitutional change, uh, not constitutional change, but the Roe versus Wade was overturned, as they say, and they uh, uh, harping on the fact that it was in effect for 50 years. Now they then undid the woman's right and things like that. All I'm saying is that we have a constitutional uh, requirement to get it right, but not just constitutionally about abortion or anything else, but we have a biblical mandate to get it right about the eternity that everybody's going to get ushered into if Jesus tarries. And that's what I want to talk about right now briefly, Craig, and then get back to these phone calls and uh, questions, you know, things that we're talking about already. But it's so super important to make that transition from constitutional thing about Roe Wade and what is right to what eternity, you better get that right. Yeah, but I want to say this first, since I do teach in law school. But so you've heard this argument. Well, they're violating the the, the principle of precedence or stare decisis. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, precedent. Precedent. I teach. <laughs> yeah, I teach jurisprudence. So there's things called things like legal realism, legal positivism. Mm-hmm. Well, not legal positivism, but legal realism and other other legal movements, philosophy of jurisprudence. And they regularly throw out precedents. They couldn't really, most of them couldn't much care about precedents. In fact, you hear people like Pelosi and others talking about a living, you know, breathing constitution document. And so it's ironic because this one time when they think there's, a, there's precedence for the last 50 years, at least for abortion, they, they want to cry foul that you're violating stare decisis. But they, they constantly want to do it on a daily basis. So the hypocrisy, the double standard, yeah. have a principled approach. And, I'm talking about those legislators and others who, t- like Pelosi and others, who talk like this, because I can tell you, as someone who teaches and studies jurisprudence and also philosophies of adjudication as well, related to but not quite the same, that this happens on a daily basis. But when it's well, but when you gore my ox, as the saying goes, then all of a sudden I'm, I'm up in arms and you violated sorry <laughs> decisive. I mean, come on, you know, uh, Craig. I don't appreciate that telephonically speaking because I had that on my text to ask that question. And uh, did, did you see my my notes or something like that? You got some spiritual thing going on there. I've been hanging somewhere. around with the amazing Kreskin, and I can read minds, Dale. Mm, okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> but anyway, what? But did you read in my mind? And let's get into this. Uh, this um yeah. this eternity thing so Jet, read my mind and take yeah. care of that but let me give a phone number where people can call Jet, Eric Jedi Hawkins I'm gonna leave that alone because Brian's <laughs> got his hat a little bit low where I can't see the you know you know what I'm talking about Craig that little extra 
vision that he has. Anyway, 888-995-5552. 888-995-5552 is the number. Everything else is Bob Winfrey Brokers. Let's get your question queued up. We only have about, wow, we only got about 40 minutes left in the broadcast, guys, so a little bit less than that. So we want to get as many questions as we can to ask and answer it. But, Craig, please do not rush through this eternity situation because it's just too long to get it wrong. Thanks, Gerald. Otherwise, I'm going to have to use some of my Jedi mind tricks. I see now. (laughs) I see. uh, I'm going to leave that alone. (laughs) But, but, uh, (laughs) no, seriously. Oh, here we go. (laughs) Brian, go to your room. Go ahead, Craig. No, we're really talking about a very important topic here. And, and look, we're not trying to browbeat someone. Someone who's had an abortion, or maybe right. you, you counseled, you cajoled, whatever word you want to use, whatever describes what you did. Your your wife or your girlfriend have an abortion. We're not trying to beat you up. And there's forgiveness, but part of yes. forgiveness is confession, is acknowledging that it's wrong, that it's not true. And my friend, that, that's the issue. There is forgiveness. God can and does forgive all of us. We're all sinners. We're all imperfect. Uh, let, let me just make you know this point here is is that we're all going to stand before God, so you can say what you want, you can try to justify what you've done and rationalize it, but I'm going to tell you, it's true of all of us, we're all going to stand before a holy and righteous God. The Christian will be to have their works to judge whether they were true and right and good and glorifying to God if we did what is right, what's true, and you know, so what we did, how we did it, and our motives for doing it were right, or not. The non-Christian won't appear before the Bama seat, which is the judgment seat for rewards or not, as a believer does. They will appear before the great white throne and will have to give an account for their whole life. And what I'm saying is people, when we do something wrong, we know it. Unless you're a psychopath and a sociopath, and I'm not trying to be pejorative here, I'm using those in technical senses, people who don't have a conscience or have defiled their conscience, it's just not there through... Uh, some real un- unhealthiness, to say the least. So technically a sociopath or psychopath. If you're a normal human being, you know when you do something it's wrong. You know it's wrong. And what I'm saying is between you and God right now, you know what you've done, I'm not even just talking about abortion, everything that you've done. And you know you're not perfect. Therefore, my friend, you, like us, outside of Jesus Christ, you're on your way to a crisis eternity. You're one, here's what I can assure you. You're one heartbeat away from eternity going one place or the other, that that's the reality of the Bible. There is a God. You, whether you believe in him or not is irrelevant. The, the issue is, does he exist? And and how will he treat people who've not, who violated his holy laws and principles and guidelines of what's right? For example, the golden rule, to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. We're all sinners, including us, not just you, but us, all of us, in need of God's forgiveness, and you need to get right with God right now. You need to acknowledge to God your sin, ask for forgiveness, and trust in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And I would ask you, if you're still on the fence about the abortion issue in particular, then look at some of the materials I said. Now, some of these are online. You don't have to have these books in your library like I do. You could go online like to a place like Bible Study Tools, look at the information, and then ask God. Ask God. I'm not even sure you exist. If you do exist, First of all, would you reveal yourself to me? Let me see and know that you exist. And then what about this practice? Is it okay or not? And I believe God will speak to you. Through your conscience, you will know this. But last point, summing up, we're all in need, including yours truly. Indeed, I'm probably, as Paul said, but he was wrong there. I hadn't been born yet. I'm the chief of sinners. I'm the biggest sinner. 
But if God can forgive me, then a fortiori would say he can forgive you. But you need to ask for forgiveness. You need to acknowledge your sins, your imperfections, your failings. Ask for forgiveness, and God, who is gracious and loving kindness and mercy, will forgive you. But it is, it is dependent upon you owning what you've done. Not because God wants to rub your face in it, but because you part of healing and wholeness is acknowledging when we've done something that is wrong. And you've done many things that are wrong, just like me. Ask for forgiveness in the name of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and know that he freely pardons you right now. And guys, just like we're talking about this constitutional issue, the Constitution is predicated upon individual rights. And the gospel that Craig just gave you, the good news about taking care of the bad news, is also an individual basis. It's not a buddy system. We're not going because we're living by the word. Bible information brokers are, you know, Craig is a nice guy. He got a cute family, or Brian or myself. No, you're going into heaven and missing hell if you accept Christ on an individual basis. And God is the only one that's going to move upon your heart to be able to do that. No words we can say, but we have the privilege of using. I think I talked about this last week, Craig and Brian, that we have the God took the foolishness of the of the of preaching, the method of preaching to get his word out. And what beautiful thing that we have to be able to participate. One of my favorite P words to participate in his kingdom to save a soul, just like the souls that were saved for those that are believers listening to the sound of my voice. 888-995-5552, 888-995-5552. Everything else is Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers. We're going to get back to your phone calls. Uh, but before we do, Brian, you told me you have an email question. Yeah, I just lost it. So okay, well, we'll go, go to the phone call, and when we you'll pull that back up, all the technological things that's going on. Um, let's go to Joe from the city of Los Angeles. Joe, thanks for holding on and calling in. Yeah, how are you doing, sir? Doing well, doing well. Yeah, God bless you. Uh, I've been a, a Christian uh, for over 35 years. Wow. Uh, yes, uh, you've worked in the ministry. And, uh, I, I'm not really calling about that. Um, okay. you, you mentioned Mr. King, uh, Michael King. Yes. Yes, uh, he was a great man. I, you know, give him honor and respect, you know, for the man. You know, he was a great man. Do, do you... Uh, uh, Accept that. Well, when you say he's a great man, I, I have I have my um, look. I don't even let my grandkids call me grandpa; they call me dad, Paul. So I'm the wrong person to ask about great men. Yeah, yeah. But, but the mean, great I things, great things that they do. Hold on, let me let me tell you, Joseph. You ask a question like this. I deal with what people do because I can't tell their heart. I only, I go by what they do, what they say. If that matches up, then I'm gonna treat you based upon what you say and what you do. If it matches up, that's me. Yes. I understand. But, uh, What's your question? I, I, I heard a, a really disturbing thing one day. Uh, you know, my sister watches, you know, uh, TV preachers. and I, I, I have a regular chat. I go to, you know, I told her that she needs to be in a local church. People okay. didn't. I, I understand people, you know, we went through COVID and everything, but now go back to your church, you know, because you can watch TV preachers, but you need your home church to go to church. Gotcha. You know, I mean, you, you need to do that. Anyways, um, I was, Going by, she was watching this TV guy that I know. I, you know, he's well known, and uh, they have a board that's called Friends and Friends. You know, I bet you know who I'm talking about. Okay, Donnie, Donnie Flagger. Okay, and um, you know, they were talking about something. And somebody called up about Martin King, and he really went off on Martin King. Said that man is not a Christian. He's not even born again. He's a womanizer. He's a fake. I couldn't believe he'd say that, Donnie Donnie Flagger. You know, I, I, I just 
And I went to look up on his biography, you know, his uh, Donnie's been married three times, and he has a nerve to talk about Martin Luther King. You know what I mean? I okay. Just, well, let's get into your question, Joe. What, what is your specific question about that? No, I mean, uh, what do you think about that, him saying that to, about Martin Luther King? What do I think about someone saying that, just like we said in the gospel message Professor uh, Craig just talked about, we're all sinners. Who's chief? Paul just happened to mention that he was the chiefest sinner. I would beg to differ with him. I didn't know Paul personally. I don't know all the things he did, but I think I'm more chief of a sinner than Paul was, and I believe that I, I know I've accepted the saving grace of Jesus Christ. So if uh, Martin Luther King or anybody else has done that, then how do I know that person's heart? Like I said before, I go by what you say and what you do while you're living, and then I treat you accordingly. Brian Craig? No, I, I'm with you insofar as knowing someone's heart. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. You know. PCH, I don't know if you heard us or not on, on the question of, of Joe uh, about MLK. What say you, Craig, if anything? Yeah, he was, he was a human like us. He, he, I do think he was in many ways he's a great man. I, I think his address in Birmingham j- jail is, is a classic. I, of course, I would say it's political, but I try reading it sometime. I mean, the guy was, I think, did some phenomenal work. So. Yeah, but, he, but at the end of the day, he's a sinner like me. But, again, I'm very appreciative of, of much that he did. And particularly one of my favorite, my, one of my favorite pieces of writing, in fact, my class I had to read this semester, was addressed from Birmingham Jail. So that would be my view. Okay. And, Joe, I, I appreciate what you're saying, Joe, and I think that's what we have to be very careful when we become the uh, the judge and jury of one's heart, right. but yet appreciate, like PCH said, what a person does, and preferably that it will match up on what their words are. Can I say one more thing? Uh, Please, go right ahead. Um, we have, uh, if anybody's in local, I'm from Highland Park, and uh, we have our church, we have our church in the park, Park okay, but hold on, hold on, hold on for a second, Joe. Hold on for a second. I'm putting you on hold only because we don't give allow people to do commercials unless we pre-approve them, and so, so I, we don't know you like that. That I would just ask that you wouldn't do that on on the particular situation that we have on this call and answer format. Maybe in the future we can do something like that in the future. But as far as giving shout-outs like that, we just don't allow that, uh, and that's what my job is to moderate this show in regards to that. So I apologize. I put you on hold. I won't hang up on you, but I'll bring you back and just uh, dismiss you on that situation. Joe, I hope you can appreciate what I said, okay? Yes, sir. All right. God bless you, man. Appreciate the phone right, call. Call All back right. again, baby. Thank you. 888-995-5552 is the number. Brian, 888-995-5552 is the number. Everything else is Bible Info Breakers and Brokers, right? No Bible Info Brokers. You know, when you when you talk about MLK, it's, it's just amazing what he accomplished by with nonviolence. Right. I mean, just a, a historical change. Look, you knew Muhammad Ali. You met him. He came in your dad's gym and all that kind of stuff. I spent and, a whole week with him. Yeah, and he, see, my, my point is, and again, he's a great man, but if he believes what he believes, he's ushered into eternity exactly. uh, without Christ. I yeah. mean, this is just a, we have to call it Craig, Brian, listen. I mean, it, it was a phenomenal individual. And but that's, that's it, my point. And, and like you're saying, I mean, Gotta call j- it like it just is. to spend an entire week with him was just a blessing yeah. to me. Insofar as just him as a person, as a world champ, and yeah. uh, uh, the way he's influenced people. But like you said, Daryl, if you don't know Christ as Lord and Savior, then you're lost. How you say it? I, I do not hate to report the good news because if you lost and you you're gonna hear the gospel, there's no one without. There's no. What is the verse, Craig? To talk about it in Romans, where no one has an excuse. God is the judge, a flawless 
perfect, omniscient, all-knowing God is going to be our judge. There's going to be no appeal. He's not going to get it wrong. How, how many how many Jehovah Witnesses have you met that are just super nice people? How many Mormons have you met that are just super nice people? You know, I came from science of mind. I mean, I put them above all. I hope most Christians I know cannot touch the guys that came out of the religious science of mind as far as being nice human beings. And that's, that's just an upset for me. And it's, again, it's a, it's a hard issue, Daryl. Yes, indeed. Joe, from Hawthorne, we're going to get to you in a moment. Brian, you said you found your email question. Let's do yeah, it. this is from Rebecca. She says, the church I attend is encouraging us to participate. What? In a, the ch- no, Daryl, stop it. <laughs> Go ahead, I'm sorry. The church, the church I attend is encouraging us to participate right, in a church-wide, a church-wide rooted study. Can you please comment on the study? I am not familiar with it. Thank what? you for all you do. What is that called again? It's called a rooted study, R-O-O-T-E-D study. I've never heard of it. Neither I. I just thought about it. Alex Haley. That's the only thing I thought about. Craig, you heard of that before? Never, never heard of it. So wow. I'm familiar with it. Okay, Rebecca, we're going to do some research on that, so we appreciate we have the email, so we'll look it up and try to get back with you next week, uh, if not the week after that. So if you got any information for us, Rebecca, you do the research and send it to us so that maybe we can talk about it. We really appreciate that. Um, guys, let's go to Joe, another Joe, all these Joes. All right, I love it. In Hawthorne, city of Hawthorne. Joe, thanks for holding on and calling in. Hi, thanks. Yeah, uh, I had a question uh, about uh, uh, Jesus. Uh, you, you might recall last week I, at the end of the show I called in and had a question about anger. I guess it got me thinking about other uh, feelings. So my question is, did Jesus ever experience feelings of sexual desire or envy? And uh, the verse I, uh, I guess, would uh, cite kind of for background is uh, Hebrews 4.15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to Mm -hmm. emphasize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Before PCH and Brian chime in, I'd like to say one quick thing. I'm not tempted by everything. And a lot of things have not gone through my mind. So when I hear other people say what they went through, I'll go like, wow, man, I'm 67 years old. I've never been through anything like that. I never even thought about that. Uh, I say, thanks for sharing. I'm glad you, you know, you overcame that. I don't know the answer to your question specifically, but maybe Brian or Craig have a more specific answer than I do. Well, I mean, uh did Christ experience every single possible temptation? Well, I'm not sure you would quite say it that way. I mean, was he ever tempted to drive over 65? Well, no. So, I mean, but every major type, certainly so. But but this is, brings out a key point, like with last week. There, being tempted is not the same as sinning. Luther used to say, I can't stop the birds from flying over my head, but I can keep them from building a nest in my hair. I know it's kind of a kooky saying, but you get the point. I'm not responsible for the temptation I get unless I keep putting myself in harm's way. So if I have a problem with alcohol and I keep going to bars with the sugar and alcohol, well, then, I'm, of course, I'm serving myself up, bad pun intended. That's wrong. But So Christ was tempted. Uh, but I'm even okay for just for the sake of argument to say Christ was tempted in every single area we were. Because that's not sin. Being tempted is not sin. It's acting upon the sin. It's coddling the sin. It's rehearsing it, going through it over my mind, even if not literally. But I may not have actually carried out an act. 
Uh, but if I, if I, in my mind, I've rehearsed it, it would be that that would be sin. And Christ did, did not do that. So, and of course, we've also talked about some things that are not sin per se. So look, coveting is sin, period, per se, we would, that's how we would say that, per se. In and of itself, coveting is wrong. But anger, as we talked about last week and gave you a number of passages, anger is not wrong per se. It's what you do with it. It's how you express it. And it's what you're angry over. If I'm, again, as I said last week, if I'm angry over a child who's hit in a crosswalk and killed and the person, it's a hit and run case where the child gets stuck under the car and the individual continues to keep driving until the child is horrifically injured and or killed in the process, I'm going to be quite angry, and well, I should be. But the but whether it's sin or not, is that's not sin. It's what I do with it. If I go out as a vigilante and try to take matters into my own hands because of my anger, now that would be wrong. So it's, again, some things are not sin per se, like anger. It's what we do it, how we handle it, or why. Some other things, like coveting, are always wrong. But even so, Christ was tempted, but he did not give in to it, so he, he never sinned. So, yeah, if you say, well, I struggle with this, I believe God did too, Jesus did too, there's no problem with that. Just never impute to him sin, because the Bible is very clear that, as you just cited from Hebrews, he didn't sin. And I, 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 I don't know. I guess, Joe, if I'm understanding you correctly, is just the idea that we, we as Christians, I think, we do a, a, a disservice to emphasize sexual sin so much as opposed to that's just the end all and be all, even though it's very, you know, serious. And so to even ask the question, I'm just always wondering, where did that question come from as far as just a general thing that all men would go through? And I have not experienced uh, every sin there is, whether, you know, tempted in it or not. Not by every sin. I just can't even imagine one human being doing, going through every sin. Well, and, and I also would say that it doesn't matter what the sin is or the temptation mm-hmm. is, Christ didn't succumb to it, Right. period. And so you would have to also assume that, you know, whatever sin he was tempted of, he didn't, he didn't yeah. succumb to it. He yeah. didn't, he, you know, he wasn't, he didn't follow through with that temptation. So, uh, so anyway, Joe, I hope that's helpful to you, brother. Appreciate your call, man, as usual. God bless you, man. You know, Daryl, I looked just briefly, um, not intensely, but it says, what is the rooted study? Mm-hmm. It says rooted Bible study is a compilation of questions derived from each letter to the seven churches in the book of revelation from the Holy Bible. The questions are intended to create inquiry by the student into their own heart conditions and to prayerfully receive Christ's guidance on the same. That's that's just a little bit that I found. Craig, you heard of any concept like that? Have you heard of that concept? It's almost like sound like you you're taking either numbers or something uh, that you can relate to well, and applying it. I don't know. Well, there's all kinds of stuff like that. I I, I can't I I, I I don't want to make a judgment because I haven't looked at it. Right. I, I'm just because this this could be decent. It could be off the wall. I mean, it, it depends on you know contemplative. Well, it, it depends on questions they think they're derived from the text. So I can't make an informed comment if I choose not to right. because I don't I don't know the. We just don't know. We have to look into it. Now, now here's something that's kind of like. <clears throat> You, you know, I don't know, it's a... Uh, You're about 1454? No, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, it, it kind of like raises your, your uh, antenna. It says, Rooted Bible Study, book by Apostle Nelly. So, but it's... Oh, boy. 
Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, see. And then it says, uh, they talk about it. It says, a non-denominational Bible study with questions from the Holy Bible to consider and discuss every week. There are no, oh, this is the book. There are no written answers to the questions because the study is geared to each individual prayerfully studying the scripture for the answers and then discussing with other disciples as iron sharpens iron. Appreciate so, yeah. that. Again, it can be a good thing. It can be a bad thing. Right, yeah. just don't know. I'll tell you, let me tell you a good thing, though, about a bad thing. This Actually, this week, guys, uh, this next, excuse me, next Sunday at Living Truth in Corona, California, I'm going to be talking about the Enneagram of Sir Michael Lance. And it's tentatively entitled, uh, The Numbers Just Don't Add Up, a Biblical Assessment of the Enneagram. The Enneagram is kind of like all the rage in certain Christian circles right now, and it claims to give you insight into uh, your personality, and you can't really grow or be sanctified without it, or you'll be much better off. If you don't have your Bible, that's really not enough. What you really want is the Enneagram and its alleged insights. And I'm going to be talking in detail about the actually the occult background and origin of the Enneagram and what it's really all about. Some people say, I've never heard of it. Some of you are saying, hey, my son, my daughter, my wife, my husband have just gotten into this or what have you. That's going to be next Sunday. So, of course, uh, I apologize. It's coming up the 17th. Excuse me. Okay. I'm, I'm going to give you two weeks there. The 17th at at Living Truth Church in Corona, California, Pastor Michael Lance. And if you're interested in the Enneagram and want to hear a biblical analysis, I want to invite you to attend that. Uh, it'll be at 6.30, indeed 6.33, in light of Acts 6.33, uh, that is July the 17th at Living Truth Church in Corona. Okay, I really appreciate that, Craig. And excuse me, while you give me information, uh, why don't you give information about uh, that his channel thing that you're trying to get uh, situated from being his to yours. Well, I do, Daryl, but the hour's getting late. I, I do Q&A on his channel from Wednesdays. His channel, literally, hischannel.com. Uh, it's uh, Internet TV from uh, 1 to 2 o'clock. You can tune in, but you can text your questions at 714-815-7097. That's right. That's uh, 714 714- Eight one five seventy ninety seven, and we take all kinds of questions and attempt to answer them, just like we're doing here. But Daryl, if I could, just one more time, because the time's getting in the way, and yeah, yes. it, it, not just the program, but as far as the trip, uh, Brian right now is planning on going with me uh, with some other individuals. We're going to Nepal, particularly in the Kathmandu area and, and surrounding areas, dealing with, of course, uh, encouraging and training the church. At one of my the earliest students that we trained into training of trainers in India, we, where we bring people from Bhutan, India, Myanmar, and elsewhere for training. But this is a pastor out of uh, out of Nepal, indeed, in, in in Kathmandu. We're visiting with Pastor Krishna, also interacting with Love Justice International, which is a staunchly Christian organization, indeed an NGO. We would call it a ministry, but a non-government organization. They have to be registered with the country, like India, Nepal, or what have you, um, that, that combat human trafficking, and they combat it with the gospel. They have powers to actually arrest people trafficking, particularly in little girls, is one of the most common thing, and they deal with that, can arrest them. And just as important, they share the gospel with them, but they also help them come out of that lifestyle, give them uh, you know, counseling and, of course, food and shelter, but also 
these girls very, very young, as young as five or older, they, they need an education. They need training. The older girls need to have a viable skill that where they can make a, a living. And so these are, these are really well-developed full-orb ministries that are treating the whole person, of course getting them out of, of sex slavery, literally, no exaggeration, but literally doing that, but also giving them the counseling and the love that they need uh, and, and support, but also financial support and teaching them a life skill, uh, such as, let's say, like teach them how to be a cook, for example, so they can go work at a restaurant and make it and make it not only an honest living, but a pretty good living at that. Otherwise, these gals and, and young boys or otherwise are going to go right back into that lifestyle because as much as they may hate it, it's all they know, and they've been shamed and disgraced by their families mm-hmm. and by their communities. And so now they're seen, as, especially with the doctrine of transmigration or reincarnation, that's what they deserve. Mm-hmm. That's their lot in life, so just deal with it. Well, we don't believe that. We believe that God loves them, that Jesus Christ died for them, that they are to be shown human dignity just like any other human being, no matter who they are. So whether president or prime minister of some nation or CEO, CFO of some Fortune 500 company, because of our Christian values, we believe in the inherent dignity of all humans, even unborn, by the way. And we're going there to help them and equip them and help organizations and ministries do just that. Bottom line, folks, we really covet your prayers, number one. Pray for us. That'll be August 12th through the 22nd. August 12th through the 22nd, we covet your prayers. And also financially, if you're able and you believe in what we do, particularly if you're a regular listener and you want to donate, Brian's going to tell you how you can do just that. Uh, but we do value your financial partnership, and we give a full accounting of where the money spent, what we were given, and what we did with it, so you know you have every right to that. And, again, above all, we ask for your prayers to support us uh, prayerfully in, in this ministry. Brian, how can people get involved? Real easy, Craig. They can go to the website. They can go to BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com, click on the link, support and donate, and they can give that way. And they can designate on how they want to uh, have their donations uh, uh, split, or if not split, they can give 100% to the trip they can give 100 percent to the radio ministry they can split it up they can make a notation saying 50 50 60 40 70 30 however they want to do it however the lord leads them they can do it that way they can also make a notation um, if they want to mail in their donation and they can mail it to living by the word living by the word p.o box nine zero four seven seven nine zero four seven seven in los angeles california nine zero 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 nine it's that simple and just make a notation on how you uh, want your donation to be split and and craig you know you you've said something the past two weeks you didn't say it this week but i'm going to say it and that is you know you said if you want to go on this trip and uh you know your donations are vicarious uh, yeah exactly and by that donation, you are going on the show, helping to support uh, the different, uh, the, you know, the those that are going on the trip and the things that are being done on the trip. So, again, uh, I do want to say you can go to the website. You can mail your check in. I thank those that support us. I thank those that pray for us. And I know there will be people that will uh, new 
people that will be donating and new people that will be praying for us. And I thank you in advance for that as well. And I want to say something yes. in regards to the giving of PCH just before you chime in. Mm-hmm. There's two groups of people, maybe three, but at least I'm going to name two. People who have a lot and people who don't have as much. And those that have a lot, be generous. Those that don't have as much, be sacrificial. God's going to honor the situation. God will not be mocked. All the things that you sow into his kingdom, he will give you a fair, fair return, fair rewards by the loving God. PCH. Craig? Oh, sorry, guys. Yeah, and so I just want to say, Brian, thank you for what you said. Because some people go, wow, I wish I could go. Well, maybe you can't literally go, physically go, but you can go with your prayer support and your financial support. It's kind of like, think of someone like Doctors Without Borders or what have you. Not everybody, of course, most of us don't have medical training and can't do what a doctor or a nurse or physician assistant can do. But someone's got to pay for the bandages. Someone's got to pay for the yeah. penicillin and all the medications and whatnot they use to, 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 to cost for the tents and so they can set up facilities so they can do surgeries and whatnot. So you, uh, no hype, just total reality. You can be a part of this trip. Uh, if nothing else with your prayers, you're going to make it happen. And uh, God has given us favor. We have, no, we have connections. We have no ministers there, ministries, and we just kind of understand how this works. I've, this would be, you know, over my 20th trip to Asia, Southeast Asia areas, and doing this type of thing. And so you learn a lot of things and make a lot of connections, and that's just favor from God. And so we use these, we parlay those to advance the kingdom of God, to share the gospel, and to minister to people, and even our brothers and sisters, non-Christians to be sure, but even our brothers and sisters who live in pretty dire circumstances and whatnot. Again, so really you are going with us. You are a part of it. And uh, again, so financially or prayerfully or both, as you're able, the Lord bless you according to, to what you can do and want to do. Uh, we just want to say thank you. You know, I've, I've said things in the past that sometimes, you know, you have a heart check. And uh, there's, a, you know, there's times we get a nice, nice lump sum as a donation. And it, it really moves me. And it's, it's, it's like, wow, okay. But at the same time, we have a we have a listener that sends in two dollars. He doesn't beat the listener and said, "Can I send? If I can't send anything, can I ask a question?" Yeah, and and and, and what and what's so nice is that that and, and it's on a regular regular basis that Man, that check comes in for two dollars. That is just as special to me as that thousand dollars and everything in between. Yes. Okay. And man, it just it just touches me that. There's someone who just, you know, there's those that give regularly, mm-hmm. you know, gener- you know, generous amounts in between, and 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 something as low as, when you say low to the world standards, but to that person, that's that sacrificial thing I was talking that, about. It's that sacrificial. It's thing. that widow's might, man. It's that widow's might. And, man, it's a, it just, it just touches my heart when when I see that. Well, the two people that I, I mentioned about the one that said, "Hey, can I ask a question even if I don't give?" 
Love that uh, question. Another person was a young yeah, lady. Yeah, I said, remember that. And the other person that will come to my mind was a, the young lady said, I got to go to my purse. I, I Something about my purse. I didn't go to my purse. I got to open up my purse and finish the transaction. And something like that she had said. I don't remember exactly, but something along the line. Those are the two of my favorite people about the idea of giving. Now, I've been told we only have about four and a half minutes, guys. So I would like to focus this last four and a half minutes in our closing statements on solutions about this abortion issue, about this Roe versus Wade decision, about this overturn of Roe versus Wade. Because if some states where it's going to be legal and some states where it's going to be illegal to some level or some degree, Craig, Brian, talk to me about the solutions on what we should do as Christians or either individuals or as Christians as a whole, suggestions, solutions on how to deal with it on a legal basis and an illegal basis when it comes to a state near you or that you live in. You guys have any solutions? Well, Daryl, you know, it's, you know, you're always going to have to pray to me, believe you always have to be in prayer. Okay. Uh, You know, when, when people talk about this show about, you know, or even at churches, they have problem with political views. Well, you know what? As Christians, I think we're obligated to deal with these political issues as well. Um, One of the things that uh, I know it's always been brought up on this show is to vote. Okay, let your vote speak for itself. You know, if all these people who are claiming to be Christians, if they would vote, uh, then, you know, we would see some some changes uh, or we would see some laws that wouldn't have been passed or wouldn't pass. And so uh, you need to uh, speak up. I believe you need to pray and I need believe you need to vote. PCH Solutions. Well, sure. Part of it is being informed. If you're not sure, go to a place, a, a website like Bible Study Tools. Look up abortion and the biblical view. Uh, get some of the books we mentioned, and there's plenty of videos of people. Look up SLED, Arguments on Abortion, SLED, the acronym for Size, um, Level of Development, Environment, and uh, and the Level of the Dependency for D. Uh, look this up. He gave informed about Michael Gorman's abortion in the early church, slaughter of the innocents by Montgomery. Support your local lo- pro-life center. Um, the, you know, I love it because some people say, well, you should, if you, you don't want their babies, you should adopt them. Well, I know a lot of Christians who do adopt them. They do just that. Um, but, but be involved in that. Supporting pro-life organizations that give help, that give a financial you know, aid to people who, who do choose have a child, or, or even if they didn't, they're still going to help them to, to financially and otherwise. So there's many great ways to help to love people. Now, some would say, well, you're not being loving because you're telling them they're wrong. No, we're telling them they're wrong because they are wrong and because that is the loving thing to do. So there's many ways to be completely pro-life in every area, every way of life. And Christians are at the forefront of adoptions and other things as well, and and uh, pro-life communities. Many cities have one. I know the city I live in has one, and I really believe in that and what they do. And I want to encourage Christians to support that as well. And and if you get a chance, look, earlier we kind of fast-paced, and I'm kind of intense because we only have so much time. Yeah, and I've got to get the points out. But when I talk seconds. to somebody, I want to take time and love on them and let them know that we really do care about them. Mm-hmm. That's why we take the time to talk to them. Brian and Craig, I really appreciate that. Those being your closing statements, we only have about 45 seconds. I'm going to say this as my solution and my closing statement, that in your righteous indignation about this abortion issue, uh, thank God, number one, 
be gracious and uh, have some good gratitude and be gracious in the way that you talk to people in your righteous indignation about whether it's in a legal state or illegal state. Colossians 4, 6 says it better. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So prayerfully consider when you're dealing with this issue that is very toxic and sensitive and you see all the crazy stuff that's going on, love on people like Craig said, but love them through your speech, even in our apologetics. Let it be with gentleness and respect. Yes, serious, but watch your speech when you're dealing with this issue because it's all about God and his kingdom, not you and yours. You've been listening to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers. The whole team want to thank you. Eric, Jared, we really appreciate you as always. Brian, PCH, we appreciate you as well. If the Lord willing, we'll be back next week because Mama Grace and Big Daddy's baby boy, Daryl Easy D. Fulton, says we will be back next week if the Lord is willing. <laughs>